Today I'm going to be talking about how you can produce mental health symptoms due to hypertension. Blood pressure is brain pressure. And high blood and brain pressure spells death. This is part one. Hello friends and welcome to the Limbic Podcast. Listen to this. Your brain and body comes equipped with their own healing machines. My name is Umu Benjamin and I am a holistic integrative and nutritional psychiatry nurse practitioner with over 21 years of medical nursing experience and a mind and body preventive health coach. Many of you listening to this podcast are unaware that hypertension or high blood pressure is one of the body's biomarker for systemic inflammation. Also, it's one of the body's biomarker for the onset of mental and brain functioning decline. Blood pressure is brain pressure, and high blood pressure spells death. The brain prefers to operate within a narrow homeostatic balance, and that is in a normal tensile state or normal blood pressure. The American Heart Association the American Physician Association and the National Institute of Health sets our current recommended level of normal tensile or normal blood pressure guidelines. Normal tensile or normal blood pressure for adults is a blood pressure where the systolic blood pressure, systolic means the top number of your blood pressure reading being between or should be between 95 to 120 millimeters of mercury and systolic blood pressure is abbreviated most times as SBP as as in Sam B as in boy P as in Paul the SBP is the heart contraction it's when the heart contracts and the force of the contractions sending blood out of the heart to the rest of the body. The second number of your blood pressure reading that belongs to that normal range of blood pressure is called diastolic blood pressure. And it's abbreviated DBP, diastolic blood pressure. The DBP which is usually between 65 and 80 millimeters of mercury, signifies when the heart is in a state of relaxation. It's a very quick state to allow the heart to rest, relax, recharge, and be ready to go into that contraction phase again. 
the values of blood pressure are different for kids or children or adolescent as the factors that do get to be taken into consideration includes their age their weight and their height and that determines what will be the appropriate blood pressure for them blood pressure readings that are above that normal which is the top number being 95 to 120 and the bottom number being 65 to 80 so an elevated blood pressure over that 120 over 80 is considered hypertensive or above the normal internal operating pressure. A quick statistics for all of us. According to the CDC, in 2020, more than 670,000 deaths in the United States had hypertension as a primary or contributing factor towards those deaths. It also explained that 50% of our current general population have hypertension, defined as a systolic blood pressure, the top number being greater than 130 millimeters of mercury and the diastolic blood pressure, the bottom number being greater than 80. Or 50% of that same population is also on hypertensive medication. Measuring blood pressure is normally done in the primary care doctor's office. Many of you guys have visited your primary care doctor's office. It's usually completed by a technician that would explain to you the blood pressure is normal yet i can almost sit here today and explain not many of you would have asked what is that normal and what does it signify this is a measurement in my personal opinion that every individual needs to be aware of as well as need to start measuring in the comfort of your own home which will allow you to have an early assessment and marker that will provide you with signals and warning that your body is in a state of inflammation your brain is in a state of inflammation and that your body is operating in a higher internal pressure and there's a potential for organ functionality involvement such as changes to how your brain is going to perform your heart is going to perform your lungs your kidneys your stomach is going to perform the universal standard of blood pressure is a reference guide to support you the client to understand what may be the concept of normal versus abnormal However, unless you are taking note as to what is your baseline or the baseline of your family, the following guidelines may leave room for variabilities that can still put you, your loved one, at risk. In other words, what may be a normal for the general population may not be your normal. If your normal falls for the top number being 90 over 90 over 60 or 90 over 75 
if the numbers are now consistently hanging at 120 to 130s over 95, that's hypertensive for you. In the doctor's office, there may be a slight elevation to the general population, but if you had a baseline that told you for years and months, years have been in that narrow, healthy range, prolonged and sustaining reading at an elevated may be an indication that you are experiencing stress and inflammation and attention needs to be given to those elevation. Hypertension or elevated blood pressure produces two pathways in the brain towards inflammation and actually systemic and organ failure or dysfunction. And organ just means part of the end goal and negative outcome of hypertension is it causes damages to different organs. The first pathway of hypertension is it causes a systemic and whole body narrowing or complete stiffening and vessel obstruction by plaques, blockade, as well as formation of clots or potentially dislodgement of clots. The clots that actually dislodge and runs away. That last scenario spells death. Any medical provider will tell you a dislodged clot is a medical emergency. The second pathway that hypertension creates within the brain and body is a weakens the vessel's wall leading to dilation and rupture. And we are talking about all the vessels in your brain and body. Both pathway leads to complication that should be avoided at all cost. Here are gonna be some of the causes of hypertension and they're not limited to what I'm gonna list. Genetics. Certain individuals carry genes that are inherited as such it affects how their blood pressure gets regulated. Obesity. Being overweight or obese is an altered metabolic syndrome state with many cellular changes and oxidative stress that impacts the many neurotoxins that naturally should be excreting out of the body or cell toxin states. Being overweight puts additional strain on the heart, increasing the work of the heart to push blood to the rest of the body through blocked, stiffened, and narrow vessels. It's almost, imagine having to have a tiny straw that is now being compressed by bricks on each side. And normally through the straw is water that gets to flow naturally, but now the bricks are actually occluding or pushing against the wall of the straw, making it inflexible and narrow so water do not flow easily. It's a little bit of an extreme using bricks and straw, but that's pretty much what happens within the veins and the vessels and the arteries. This actually creates an environment of high internal pressure. 
with the heart trying to support the force of work needing to make its function work in the whole body and this leads to hypertension and heart damage the heart actually builds a layer of muscle tissue to support the demand of the work it needs to do to support the body sedentary lifestyle can cause hypertension lack of physical activity can contribute to hypertension regular exercise helps keep the blood and the heart vessels healthy exercise is training the heart and the vessels to handle temporary high pressure exercise train the heart and the vessels to handle temporary high pressure part of some of the complication with high blood pressure is there's a temporary at times severe temporary increase in the blood pressure that can cause severe damage and if the heart and those vessels have not been trained to handle elevated pressure that's beyond your normal it means they will expand and pop or leak or break causing microbleeds and i will talk more about that as i go through this podcast also, exercise actually opens collapsed vessels that tends to happen. The vessels are so fragile, so flexible in the beginning. And due to the fragility of them, they are easily collapsed if that pressure within their vessels are not maintained in a healthy consistency. So exercise improves the blood flow and open those collapsed vessels and arteries. And many times adipose tissue or fat tissues can force those vessels to become narrowed and um, closed off. Another factor that causes you to develop hypertension is poor nutrition. Depletion in nutrition can lead to the development of hypertension due to the fact that the body modes of operation requires a lot of the nutrients and lack of those nutrients predispose the body to stress and part of stress is hypertension within the whole body sodium intake sodium is a tricky one everybody thinks sodium is bad excessive sodium is bad if you are drinking adequate amount of water sodium is one that just gets to go through your system and comes out easily if you are not some person or individual with a kidney function or kidney dysfunction, does anything, your body works harder to actually regulate your sodium balance. So a healthy individual should not develop sodium increase or sodium abnormality. Usually those increases reserved for individuals with kidney dysfunction, kidney disease. Part of just maintaining your blood pressure is adequate hydration and that gets to actually prevent you from accumulating sodium. Alcohol consumption. Drinking too much alcohol can raise your blood pressure. It changes a lot of the different neurochemicals within your body and the vessel's diameter and there's a little bit more biochemistry and physiology that happens with alcohol and its impact of hypertension 
but just the base of it is excess of it can cause problems to blood pressure as well as it can cause damages to the vessels that support your body and your brain stress part of stress is a really increase in stress hormones and part of that stress hormone is a direct feedback to produce an elevated blood pressure and an elevated heart rate so stress directly in increases your blood pressure and we do have lots of studies that shows that just by you having to activate an anger response leaves your body in a stress mode for 24 hours and any aspect of you activating cortisol is an elevated blood pressure sleep apnea you can develop hypertension and that's one i see all the time due to sleep apnea Sleep apnea is a condition where your brain pauses its breathing during sleep. And how does it produce hypertension? Part of that pause causes your brain to experience anoxic injury, decreasing oxygenation. The decreasing oxygenation turns your brain acidic. An acid state in your brain and body pushes your blood pressure into crises and pushes your blood pressure up into survival mode. And due to you having those periods and pauses in breathing, prolong of that changes the way your heart functions, changes the way your lung functions, and because your blood pressure have to support the heart and the lungs, it also stays elevated. So individuals with sleep apnea do have hypertension as part of their disease process. Chronic kidney disease. The kidney are the number one regulator of your blood pressure. Hypertension is going to cause the kidneys to die. Most individuals that are now in end-stage kidney diseases have developed that disease process due to elevated high blood pressure that is untreated. And another concept with the kidneys is over time, based on how prolonged high blood pressure has not been treated, that compliance for the body to recover gets to be lost, especially for anything that has to do with vessels. And when the compliance is lost, it means the kidneys cannot recover as fast as they need to. And if lifestyle behaviors do not get to be adjusted, the kidneys do fail. So kidneys are one that can be fragile to prolonged state of high blood pressure. Diabetes is another reason why you will produce hypertension. High blood sugars are associated with damaging the vessels that feed your brain and your body blood. And because of that, it leads to what will be hypertension. And part of that also will be vascular dementia. And I'll talk more about that. Smoking. Smoking is another condition or lifestyle behavior that does damage the vessels. Smoking increases carbon monoxide within those vessels that supplies your brain and your body. And as the vessels lose what is their protective lining and membrane, they become unable to regulate what is that flow and pressure. And there's a lot of different changes that do happen, including low-grade metabolic acidosis that 
predispose the vessels to more damage. And all of that puts the body in stress, which produces high blood pressure or inflammation. So how does high blood pressure impact mental and cognitive functioning? Hypertension or high blood pressure can cause various changes in the blood vessels throughout the body. We already talked about that. At first, the increase in the volume of blood widens the brain vessels, increasing blood flow, and it's going to produce symptoms such as headache, dizziness, pounding in your head, pressure behind your eyes, forgetfulness, confusion, blurred vision, changes in your balance, behavior changes. However, prolonged blood pressure exposes your body and the vessels within your brain and body to become constricted, hardening, stiffening. And when this happens, it decreases what is the blood vessel's diameter, reducing blood flow and creating cellular vascular changes that sheds what is that protective lining within the blood vessels. That protective lining is so critical and so important because what it does is it prevents the vessels from having plaques build up. And when all of these starts to happen, just the narrowing of those vessels and hardening of those vessels decreases oxygenation to the brain. This changes the breathing center as well as it deregulates or dysregulate what is you having to breathe properly. And part of that becomes you having a low-grade metabolic acidosis in your bloodstream, producing symptoms of decreased brain and body perfusion. Perfusion just means your body at the cellular level is not getting adequate oxygenation in blood. Some of the changes that happens, or what I call vascular change, you know, evidence and research shows as vascular changes for hypertension that does in the long run affect your mental health, is going to be arterial stiffening. Your body has two circulating systems when it comes to vessels. One is called venous and one is called arterial. The arterials are built to handle hard manual labor. They are already built tough. So when they become more stiffened, it means disease. Arterial stiffness can be caused by high blood pressure. And when they become stiff, they become less flexible. And when they become less flexible, it means now the heart has to do a lot more work to support the body. And this is going to decrease the total blood flow that goes through the vessels at a given minute or second. The heart becomes hypertrophied or hypertrophied, which means it builds additional layer of muscles so it can work extra hard. To work based on the demand to force what is that blood that needs to go through those stiffened arterial circulation. And if it's unable to do that, it means organs and cells starts to decline, decay, die. 
some of the vascular changes that happens with hypertension is white matter changes. White matter is one of the names that belongs to type of brain cells within your brain, a section and regions of your brain that is labeled white matter. High blood pressure is going to affect the integrity of the white matter. And white matter is responsible for communication between different regions of your brain. And when this does happen, the individual starts to experience symptoms of cognitive decline. We're talking dementia, Alzheimer's. Another vascular change is it impairs cerebral blood flow. It impairs blood flow to the brain. Chronic hypertension reduces what is that brain flow for blood and oxygen and that has a negative effect on the brain function leading to cellular death and slowness in the brain cells to try to repair as well as decreasing the energy producing cells to power what is your brain and your body and this leads to a decrease in what will be your brain being able to regulate hormones and inflammation. Another vascular change that happens, endothelial dysfunction. The endothelium is the inner lining of your blood vessels, the lining I talked about previously. And hypertension just shreds those lining. And that actually causes clots to form. And when this happens, it either occludes the vessels by closing up the vessels, which causes ischemia changes. It means forward flow is not possible for blood to go from one end to the other becomes decreased or oxygen to go from one end to the other becomes decreased. And God forbid that clot becomes dislodged, it means the clot now is in your blood arterial system. Usually that is death. If it's in the venous system, medical doctors can easily try to get it captured by a mesh or a stent that captures it, sometimes retrieves it. But any clot in the arterial system is usually one that can be deadly. Another vascular change that happens with hypertension is microvascular disease. Most people are not aware that hypertension by itself affects all the organs within your body, including how it's going to reduce blood flow to all the organs. And one of the main ones that tend to take a quicker effect or shock is the kidneys and the eyes. There's going to be decrease in blood flow to the kidneys, which leads to kidney disease. Microvascular disease can also decrease blood flow to the eyes, cause what's called retinopathy, which is disease of the eye or disease of the retina, which means blindness. And another microvascular disease is what we know of peripheral vascular disease. So if you are somebody who has varicose veins, that's a form of peripheral vascular disease. It means the forward flow is sluggish, your blood pools to the bottom of your legs, become engulfed, and that puts you at risk for forming clots because the circulation is sluggish. 
another microvascular change or vascular change that happens to hypertension is microbleed. Microbleed happens when the blood pressure gets so elevated and within your brains and within your body you have capillaries and vessels that are tiny capillaries is the correct word for them they're very tiny they're very small they're very fragile and what tends to happen is with high blood pressure those fragile capillaries may have a, a break in them a leak in them and they will cause minor bleeds under the brain the good news is normally it's small and minor if caught on time medical interventions can save the individuals but hypertension that leads to a microbleed that is not caught and the pressure continues to rise leads to a major bleed which we call stroke and there's two types of stroke there's ischemic stroke that's the stroke that's caused by occlusion impediment or decreasing blood flow and oxygen to the brain and there's bleed stroke or hemorrhagic stroke which means the capillary opens and if untreated it becomes bigger and that leads to bleeding under the brain but now a larger bleed under the brain and with that usually we have what's considered ultimate status you are unable to function you're not alert you're confused your words are slurred your speech is down and there's a whole lot of decline that happens with that another vascular change with hypertension is atherosclerosis that just means flat plaque formation within vessels and usually these plaques are made out of debris and fat fatty deposits that builds up in the arteries and normally these reproduce heart attacks and cerebrovascular accident which are stroke also they can also cause you to have pulmonary embolism which is a lung attack Another vascular change is just stroke. We talked about that, which is a major risk factor of high blood pressure. Over time, having just having your blood pressure stay elevated, you are gonna have a lot of vasculature remodeling. And this remodeling is one that if the blood pressure is not reversed, can actually cause more damages as, as well, because it means more of the vessels that are supposed to support every organs in your body are now narrowed and becoming thicker. The end product of vascular remodeling is vascular dementia. And this is one we have seen in alarming numbers. Vascular dementia is cognitive decline, it's dementia in Alzheimer's. And that's just due to long-term hypertension that's been untreated. Hypertension is going to directly affect what is your cognitive performance. And this is some of the symptoms you are going to experience if you are having hypertension and it's now starting to impact your mental acuity, your mental health. Memory problems. And this is due to direct effect of decreased blood flow and oxygen to your brain. So you're going to have brain fog, forgetfulness, memory problems difficulty retaining new information which is just you training your brain for early dementia 
high blood pressure is also going to lead to changes in executive function so executive dysfunction it's going to cause damages to your prefrontal cortex and this is the cortex of your brain that's responsible for decision making planning problem solving and that's going to cause you to have problems with organization planning and just any aspect of what is that higher level of functioning if you have hypertension you are going to have symptoms of attention deficits you're going to have inability to truly concentrate and focus and that's going to lead to just attention deficits and difficulty with sustaining attention and this is due to the cells being constricted of proper blood flow and oxygenation so when the cells are now needing to survive or fight to survive focusing and concentration is the least of their concern they are deprived of oxygen and blood focus and attention is not their priority but once blood flow appropriately is resumed then those functions comes back or becomes improved part of the mental problems so hypertension is it slows what is your processing speed people with hypertension do have what becomes a decrease in processing speed and the ability or the inability to process information quickly Another cognitive mental problems with hypertension sufferers is reduced cognitive flexibility. It becomes harder for you to shift between tasks or aspect of mental processes, leading to a reduced cognitive flexibility. Another important one with mental health is also hypertension leads to erectile dysfunction. That's a big one. So if your thyroid function is healthy and your testosterone level is healthy but yet your high blood pressure is elevated that is one that's going to impede what is the blood flow to your penis it's not going to work and hypertension is going to produce symptoms of depression and anxiety naturally any aspect of the vascular changes and the hypertension itself means the body is operating in a state of depression low oxygen and low blood it's also operating in a state of anxious low oxygen and low blood the same symptoms a person who is anemic or bleeding will experience to produce anxiety and depression will be the same the brain will produce because it is operating in a state of deficit Hypertension leads to vascular dementia and vascular dementia is a type of dementia that will cause a decrease in blood flow to your brain and vascular dementia is an end stage and organ dysfunction of hypertension so we're talking memory problems difficulties with language finding the right words understanding spoken or written language following conversations your frontal lobe is going to be involved which means you are going to have impaired decision making and executive functioning dysfunction you are going to have problems with attention and focus and concentration confusion and disorientation personality changes and part of having vascular dementia is going to be anxiety and depression due to the fact that the brain is operating in a state of deficit
any aspect of experiencing untreated hypertension is going to predispose you to mental health, brain inflammation, and worse, vascular dementia problems. This post was a longer post in general. Podcast was a longer podcast, so I separated it separated it into two sections. So my next my next uh, podcast will be about what will be some of the natural preventions that you can use to support high blood pressure and brain pressure and to help your brain be a little bit more healthy. Thank you for listening. Suppose you are someone that is experiencing high levels of stress, which can lead to brain inflammation. In that case, you should seek early preventive coaching and treatment as this will prevent your brain from remodeling and inflammation due to what chronic stress does to the brain. Please subscribe and share this podcast for family and friends in highly stressful situation or someone that may be experiencing blood pressure issues. This may motivate them to seek early help for wellness around stress or hypertension or high blood pressure. Feel free to visit me at limbic.live and join my limbic community on Facebook. I value and appreciate your feedbacks and comments and I would like to hear how to improve this podcast to benefit you. So I also welcome any aspect of criticism in how to improve it. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.